uh, before I get into the sermon, I have uh, some of my LE team with me. Uh, they're doing the church service in Greeley this morning, but I took a couple of them with me to, to give a good report of what's been happening out in the community. Come on up, come up, come on up and grab a yellow microphone. Um, they're going to share a couple stories before I get into today's, today, into today's sermon. Um, uh, so Sam, why don't you start off with the first story? Hey, it's on. Hi there. This is my, my friend Matt Hasty, and um, I'm going to tell um, a testimony that happened third Wednesday. It happened Wednesday. Um, so we were just praying that um, we would meet an ex-Adventist and that they would uh, go to church or at least get some books. And so me and, me and my, uh, my leader, we went to, the, to a trailer park and we got to this one trailer. And uh, this guy opened the door and he had kind of a raspy voice. And um, he, my, uh, my leader, he, he started talking to him. And he, he, uh, he actually had COVID in 2020 and he like, he actually died and then he was revived, and he died again, and also got revived again. So he, he's like a living miracle. So he's, he was also a, he was also a Seventh-day Adventist, but uh, the, the church he was at, apparently the people weren't that kind to him, so he actually left the church. He still believes in God, but he, he doesn't go to church. So he was really interested in the books we had, but he was unable to get any money. He, he didn't have any. So he's like, can you come back later? And we're like, yeah, we'll come back uh, in a few hours. Um, so we prayed with him and then we left. And then we, we came back later and we, we prayed that he would be able to get uh, some books because that would have been a real blessing. And we went up and he, he answers, no, actually I think his nephew or niece, I mean, answers the door. And she's like, yeah, he's, he's here. And then she, he comes up and he gives us a wad of cash. It's like, like in a wad, it's like he'd been waiting for us to, to come. And we give him a book called The Answer Book. And it's, it's a beautiful book that just talks about the Bible and it answers questions from it. And he really loved it. And we, we prayed with him and we left him with it. And I just, I just pray that he'll come back to church with that. Wait, right. you were praying to meet a non, an ex-Adventist? Is that what you said? Yeah, we were praying to meet an ex-Adventist so that we could... And then you met an ex-Adventist? Yeah, we met an ex-Adventist. Amen. <laughs> Pray for our, our former members, amen? Go ahead. Hello, guys. Um, so my name is Eva, and this is actually my second year doing Youth Rush. And I started Youth Rush freshman year of um, Campion. So yeah, I've been doing it for almost two years straight. So I'm gonna tell like a quick story about how God answered one of my prayers. So this was actually Thursday, which was the last day um, that we were canvassing, and I was on James' team, and we had a book goal. Okay, so James was like, there was four of us on the team, and he was like, okay guys, I'm gonna pray that today we get 80 books out. So that's 20 books each person. And 
I don't know if you guys know, but that's kind of a lot. <laughs> but you know, it's possible with God. So um, basically, at first we were dropped off in houses, but um, not much was going on there, which is completely fine. Um, I handed out glows and like happinesses, and then later we got moved on to businesses. Okay, and there I ha got three books out, and then um, I called in for pickup, and I got picked up. And then James was like, "Hey, so do you want to do like parking lots?" And I was like, "You know what?" That sounds good. I really like doing parking lots because there's like you can talk to anyone and there's a lot of people there so you never run out of people to talk to. So um, he took me to the Walmart parking lot and I got dropped off and I talked to quite a few people and like no one was being responsive. Everyone was kind of like, no thank you, like I don't have time or like just like kind of shut me down really quickly. And so I just prayed to God. I was praying super hard and I was like, God, please, like I really, like I believe that you can get these books out. And I was like praying, like, I believe, but help my unbelief, you know? Because sometimes it is kind of hard. And I, was, and I was just walking and I was asking. And I was like, okay, the first person I go up to, like, I want to get six books out. Like, and I believe it'll happen. So then I was, so then I was like standing there and praying. So then I decided just to go walking. And the first person I saw, like the car door was like wide open and he was just sitting in his car. And so I walked up to him and I started talking to him, and I showed him first the cookbook, and then I showed him Lessons of Love, and then I go on to The Great Controversy, and I said, hey, I really like this one. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And then he said, actually, yeah, I just finished reading Revelations, mm. and this is something that, and he was talking to me about how um, if more like people just knew how beautiful heaven is and how go amazing God is, like, they would have, like, you know, they'd go to church and, like, all this stuff. And he was just saying that, and he just finished. And he's like, I really, like, I really want this one. Like, this is, wow, this is so amazing. And I just kept showing him more books. And um, at the end, he got six books, like, exactly six. He got, like, a cookbook for his granddaughter and um, Prince of Peace for one of his other grandchildren and all the devotional, like, most of the devotional books so he could read them. And it was just such a blessing because, like, the first person I went up to got those books, and I was specifically praying for that. So it was just so powerful, you know? And at the end of the day, you know, like the book I mentioned before, we actually, we all reached that. We got over it, so we got 81 books. So God just like answered prayer after prayer. Mm. And it was just so amazing to see, just to know that God is there and he's listening. And I just have this quick verse to share, it's really short. And it's Job 22, 27, it says, you will pray to him and he will hear you and you will, fill, and you will fulfill your vows. Amen. So yeah, that's Amen. all I have to Beautiful. say. Just, I mean, the timing cannot be over, overestimated. Just reading Revelation, mm -hmm. when he saw a book on Revelation. Yeah. Ah, beautiful. Okay, this, this, this testimony is so fast. Just do a quick. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so before I start, I'm just going to read something from the Cole Porter Ministry. Um, Humble, fervent prayer would do more in behalf of the circulation of our books um, than all the expensive embellishments in the world. So basically, um, we had a book goal that day of uh, 45 books. And so basically, my leader just told me to go this direction, right? But instead, I ran that direction. And um, I walked up to the first door, and I just knocked on it. And at that um, house, I was able to get 15 books out because I walked in on a bunch of people having a Bible study. And it was just a blessing because we were just like praying that day to, get, to meet our book goal, and it helped out a lot. And that's pretty much all. <laughs> Fervent in prayer. Fervent in prayer. <laughs> I had actually dropped off Lillian, and she, I see her just like looking left and right, and goes totally the wrong way. I'm like, where is she going? And she goes to a house where 
they buy all of her books from her bag. My name is James, and I'm so excited to see and tell about how the good Lord is working this summer. I want to say a big thank you to Matt, the Rocky Mountain Conference, and Campion Church for investing in our youth and the Cole Porter ministry. Come on. Um, this summer, we are working three weeks in Greeley, and the Greeley Seventh-day Adventist Church, our sister church there, has invested 100,000 glow tracks for our team to pass out in their neighborhoods. One of these glow tracks is titled, Certainty in an Uncertain World. So I go to a door, and typically how it goes, we believe that the health message is the entering wedge for the gospel. And so I'm showing this lady and her husband, Simply Fresh, our natural plant-based recipe <clears throat> book, and they are totally not interested. So I say, hey, just before I go, can I leave this little glow track on your door? And she comes up to me, she's like, you know, we're not that rude, I'll just come and get it for you for myself. And then we start talking about her dog and how she's training it, how to potty train it and feed it and not bark at people. I'm like, oh, it's cute. And uh, we just, I just keep going. I'm at my next house and the house is around here and the house I just came from was probably like over there. When I hear this man coming out and he's like, hey. And he's like looking left and right. He's like, hey. He's like, where'd you go? And so I go and meet him, and I'm like, what's going on? And apparently, his wife had opened the glow track and told the husband, hey, he's selling, like, Bible. Like, there's scripture in this glow track. And he comes to me, and he's like, you didn't tell me it was about the Bible. And I was like, yeah. He's like, why didn't you tell me it was about the Bible? I thought you were selling groceries. <laughs> And I just look at him, and I'm just like, oh, I, you know, I don't know. And um, he's like, well, what, do you go to a church around here? And I'm from California, so I tell him I'm a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. And he just, like, pauses for a little bit and starts to break down and cry. Apparently, this man had been praying and asking God, Lord, I want to seek you again. Mm. And he tells me 12 years ago he was in prison when a Seventh-day Adventist prison minister um, had ministered to him and showed him Christ. He had given him a Bible and he was telling me about his Bible that Jesus' words were in red letters and he had found Christ in prison because of a Seventh-day Adventist man. And he had told me actually that he was searching for a church, but a church that he had went to was not preaching from the Bible at all, and he had been very disappointed. So he was looking for a Seventh-day Adventist church that preached from the Word. And I told him, hey, since you want to get into the Word, something we like to do is free personal Bible studies. And he signed up for it, and he said, thank you so much. I believe God has sent you. Mm. I normally don't answer people... Um, answer doors and talk to people about Jesus at the doors or let alone purchase things. But I believe God has sent you. Mm. And we hug each other out. He's crying on my shoulder. We pray together and I move forward. At the next house I go to, I walk past a man who was in his truck and no one was at the door. So I walk back and I see this man very quiet, like solemnly sitting in his truck. I go up to him and I'm like, hey, how's it going? I tell him about what we're doing. 
and he opens up to me. Or I show him a book, A Future of Hope, and he's just looking at it. <clears throat> the title says, Future of Hope. Share with him a glow track, Certainty in an Uncertain World. And he's, he's just like, man, I have just been praying. Um, he had told me that he was about to serve a very long prison sentence, and he was looking for hope. Hmm. I think the literature had made a big impact on his life, just the title alone. And he was asking me, do you, do you believe in like coincidence, coincidences? And I told him, I believe in divine appointments. We prayed together, and I had left him with the literature. And he told me, he's like, I'm ready. I'm ready for the Lord. Hmm. And I keep going. The man who had, I had talked to and prayed with from the previous door, he pulls up to the van and he's like, hey, come out, come over here, come over here. And I'm like, okay, I would made friends with him, so I'm kind of familiar with him now. So I go up to his window, it's like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, give me the spiel. <laughs> Whatever you were about to say at the door, I'm sorry for cutting you off, like, give me your spiel. Mm. So I laugh and giggle a little bit. I was like, okay. So I tell him about what we're doing, I show him the books, and he says, my brother is getting out in six weeks and he wants to do lifestyle change with them. He's looking for recipe books, he's looking for devotionals, and materials to just study with his brother when he gets out. He says, wait right here. And he goes to the Chase Bank, he's like, I'll be right back, where are you gonna be? And I'm like, I'm just working on the street, so you'll, you'll see me. And he goes and comes back, I show him the books, and he buys like almost all the books out of my hands. Mm. I told him, I really am excited to give you this literature because I know that God has placed something special in your heart, and I believe this, these, these books will equip you for success. Um, and then he asked me again, he's like, wait, so what church are you going to? He really wanted to see me at church this Sabbath because he had been praying and searching, and he believed that God had sent me. I told him, the Seventh-day Adventist Elmshaven Church in Greeley. And he told me the man that had ministered to him in prison was actually from that church. And to him, it was just a confirmation that mm. God was working. Mm. Amen. It has never been a better time in Earth's history to work for Jesus. And I didn't get very many amens on that. <clears throat> there has never, but you guys can go about your seats, never been a time better in history to work for Jesus. I, I have a phone number on our receipt pads, and, and it's rare to get a phone call. It's very rare. Uh, maybe once or twice uh, an entire summer, I'll get a phone call. And, it, and when it happens, it's, it's, it's uh, usually like someone saying, hey, is this legitimate? Someone's at a door, you know, talking to a kid. Is this legitimate? I'm like, yeah, it's legitimate. Okay, I just wanted to make sure and they buy a book. But this summer, it's only been a couple weeks, and I've already had a young man call in, and he said, hey, I just bought this book. My mom just died. I didn't tell the person at the door. Her name was Ruth from the Brighton Church. He's like, I'm already reading this book. It's been, it made a big difference in my life. I met a man. I invited him to church as well. I'm not sure if you're here or not, but he hasn't prayed in 20 years. We prayed with him. Big guy. Little tear in his eye because we prayed with him. Got a, got a bunch of books. 
this is not the only uh, former Adventist that we met. We've met other former Adventists, and it's just, it's just beautiful to work for Jesus at this time in earth's history. Before I get into the message today, I want you to pray um, a very specific prayer that God would speak to you. Can you do that for me? I'm going to pray before we jump into our message this morning. Father in heaven, I humbly ask for your own sake that you would speak to us, that our hearts will be changed, that we'll be drawn closer to you, that we won't just be a hearer, but that we'll be a doer of what you tell us to do today. We thank you and we pray in your name. Amen. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We're going to spend a lot of time in verse 2. <clears throat> Have you ever wondered what, and if Jesus was sitting right next to you and he says, hey, I have a prayer request, what that prayer request would be that Jesus would give you? I've searched the Bible, and, and Jesus gives a lot of um, uh, interesting things. He said, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That's one example. When he was in the garden, just before he, before he died on the cross, he asked his disciples to pray. But I think one of the most specific prayers or prayer requests that Jesus gives is found here in Luke chapter 10 and verse 2. Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Then he said to them, the harvest is what? Truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to... Yes, I'm asking for you to respond. Send out laborers into his harvest. Simple prayer. Simple request. A little backstory. Jesus has 70 people. You can read this in verse 1. Seven disciples in his team right now. Not just the 12. He has 70. And he sent these 70 to every city and place where Jesus was about to go. Now let's make it more, more practical. Do we have the 70 here today? We do. And are the 70 sent to every city and place where Jesus is about to go? Or come back to? We can very easily represent the 70. Jesus sees the 70. He, he, he likes the 70. He sends them out to prepare the way for his, his arrival. But he says clearly that the 70, we need more than 70. The 70 is not enough. We, we need more laborers. And he took, looks to the 70 and he asks them to pray for more laborers. Now, no doubt, many of you here have read this verse before. And, I, and I, I'm guilty of this as well. I've read this verse and, you know, you, you may pray the simple prayer about as meaningful as, as uh, maybe praying over your food. That, that, kind of, that kind of depth in, in this prayer request of Jesus. But I want to dive a little bit deeper. I'm not a scholar or deep studying person, but I did find a couple interesting things here in the Greek, and I want to share them with you. Jesus asks us to pray for laborers. That word prayer in Greek is diomai. What was it? Diomai. Now, the word prayer, as you read through the, through the New Testament, there's multiple different Greek words that can be translated as prayer. And each of these different words have a, has a little bit of a different emphasis, but diomai is a very unique word. 
And I want to give you a couple other examples of the word diomai in Scripture. Go with me just to the chapter before, Luke chapter 9, verse 37. Luke chapter 9, verse 37. I hope you're following in your Bibles. I'm going to read 37 all the way to 42 and see if you can catch where the word diomai appears. Now it happened the next day when they had come down from the mountain that a great multitude met him. Suddenly a man from the multitude cried out saying, Teacher, I implore you, look on my son for he is only a child. And behold, a spirit seizes him and suddenly he cries out and convulses him so that, so that he foams at the mouth and departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. So I implore your disciples to cast him out, but they could not. Where does the word diomai appear in this verse? Implore, beseech, beg, some of your Bibles say. The same word here, diomai, is what the same word Jesus used in Luke 10 to when he asks us to pray. Same word. Now, let's, let's turn on our imaginations a little bit here. There's a man, a father. Fathers, I don't know about you, when my daughter was born, something changed inside of me. Like the, the love I have for my little girl is something I just didn't understand until you have a little girl or a little guy. You know, until you have a kid, you just don't get it, right? This father has a son who's demon-possessed. Now, I'm not an expert on demon possession, but I get the idea that you don't just get demon possessed out of the blue. This father had a son who was a troubled child. He came home drunk one day, you can imagine. He, he got a girl pregnant. He started playing around with witchcraft. He, 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 he stole some stuff. He, he may have beat up someone terribly. He may have caused... Uh, had murdered someone. Who, who knows? This father had a son who was a troubled child. And I, I love my little girl, and, and I have three little kids in my, in my house right now, and that's exhausting. <laughs> Pray for me. I'm losing sleep over here. But there's a point where you, when you're like angry, you're frustrated, but then there's a point where you're completely desperate, without hope, longing for your child to be healed. And this father unapologetically falls down on his face in public. It's embarrassing, but he doesn't care. He has a great longing desire in his heart that his son will be brought back to health, that these demons will be cast out. And then he brings them to Jesus' followers, and they couldn't do anything. This father was desperate beyond what I can comprehend. He had a longing in his heart more than what I can have a long, what I can really comprehend at this stage in my life. Some of you have children that aren't doing what they should be doing right now. You pray for your lost children. This father. It's prayed and prayed and begged with God for many years. And we pick up the story. He falls down on his face. He begs Jesus. Verse 42, And as he was still coming, the demon threw him on the ground and convulsed him. Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. 
time of desperation to a time of, of just gratitude that I can't get. This is the word diomai, the same word Jesus used when he asks us to pray. I think you get it, but I want to give you one more example. Go back a little bit further. Luke chapter 5. We're going to look at one more expression of the word diomai. Luke chapter 5 and verse 12. <clears throat> verse 12. Luke 5, 12. And it happened when he was in a certain city that behold, a man who was what? Full of leprosy. And again, this man fell on his face and diomide him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Unpack this with me. I have a picture on the screen of a, of a man who has leprosy. Not full of leprosy, just leprosy. It starts as a little spot. I read some reports that you could have leprosy for 20 years before you really start to see serious symptoms. So this man in the picture has a little leprosy on his face. The next picture is a man that's full of leprosy. Notice his face is just melting away. There's no picture of his hands, but his fingers are most likely gone. His feet are probably just disgusting. This man in this story has had leprosy for many, many, many years. Likely, he was married with children before he even had the first spot on his face or back. Likely, he had not been home for many, many years and he's left his family completely destitute. His wife thinks he's a great sinner. The culture thinks he's a great sinner. He feels eternally lost and he knows he has a terminal disease. can't relate with that. But when you pray and you know someone with a terminal disease, you pray for that person differently, don't you? You may be someone who's struggling with some kind of terminal disease. You pray differently. My best friend, his girlfriend died from cancer when she was 20 years old. I prayed for her differently. He prayed for her differently. She prayed for herself differently. This man in this story is beyond hopeless. No doubt he's thought about ending it all early before the disease takes him away. But then hope is sparked. He hears the stories of Jesus. And with a longing that I cannot get, falls on his face and begs, Diumai begs Jesus to pray, to heal him from his, from his disease. Friends, this is not just a Lord bless my food, amen. This is a, this is a word that is used over and over and over in scripture, scripture expressing great longing, great emotion, great desire. When we read in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus is not just simply asking his disciples to pray for laborers to go into the harvest. His voice probably cracked. He had tears in his eyes. He was begging with words that I can't comprehend. He sees the loss that I can't see. He sees the need that we can't see, and he's begging us, church, begging us to pray for more laborers. begging. 
There's one more word in here. I want to jump out. This is going to be a very short sermon, by the way. But I hope you are blessed. Go back to Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Jesus says, The harvest is great. The laborers are few. Pray, the Lord of the harvest, to send out. Send out. Again, I did a little research on that word, send out. In the Greek, it's ekbalo. Balo means throw. Ek means out. Ekbalo. We just read send out. I think there's a little difference there. Send out, throw out. Send out happened, uh, uh, or ekbalo happened one time when Jesus was uh, in the temple. And as he walked, in the, walked toward the temple, he could start to smell the smell of the big cow pasture in Greeley. I'm working out there. Pray for me. And as he, he walked in the temple, he, he saw all the animals. And very calmly, collectively, he went to the, the birdcage and put it on the ground. And he loosened the cattle. And he said, hey, get out here, buddy. And then he went to the money, the money, uh, the money box, and, and he's like, hey, let's, let's move this over here, and folded up the table and put it in the closet. Is that how, is that how it happened? <laughs> you read one account, and Jesus had a whip in his hand. How was that for a startle, huh? <laughs> Jesus kicked everyone out. He ekbaloed everyone out of his house. Now let's put this all together. The harvest truly is great. There's a need. The laborers are few. There's a need. Therefore, pray. Like your life depended upon it. Because it may. Pray like it's your last breath. Don't just read it and forget it. Pray, pray, pray. Jesus is begging us to pray for laborers not just to be sent out, but to thrown out into the harvest field. My imagination gets a little wild. I just I imagine, imagine uh, Gabriel, say, with a giant slingshot, and he's like, hey, I need you here now. Jump on. And it kind of happened with Philip, right? After he was baptized, he was gone. There is a need of laborers. Jesus sees this need, and he's asking us to do one simple thing, and that is to pray. Let me say it one more time. There's a need, and Jesus is asking us to do one simple thing, and that is to pray. Thanks, Ellie team. <laughs> now I heard many of you more. I uh, obviously have a bias toward literature. <laughs> I've, I've, I've uh, said, shared quotes and stories and blah, blah, blah for, for many years now here. 
And I believe there's an impact to be made there. I really like glow tracks because it, it adds familiar, familiarity to our, our, our literature. I met a homeless guy who, who uh, got a glow tract and he's like, hey, I love these things. I pulled out four more. <laughs> he's collecting the whole set type of a thing. When they see it, they like it, they want, they want more and I encourage that. But Jesus isn't asking that here. He has a simple, simple request for us to just pray for laborers. But we all understand the principles of prayer. We can't just pray for something without doing our part. Amen? In other words, you're praying for good grades. You can't just sit and play video games. You also have to study. Or you want to pray to, to get out of, out of debt. You can't just go buy a brand new truck and hope that it all works out. Faith without works, in other words, is, is dead. Jesus here is asking us to pray. And it's really sneaky, kind of. He's asking us to pray, but he understands that if we're praying, we're also going to be doing our part to, to respond to our own prayer. And that is to, to be a laborer. Now, I do not want to impose upon you any ministry that you feel like you're not called to do, but I do want you to pray and ask God to tell you what to do. I was in high school, and we did this thing called DEEP. I still have no idea what DEEP stands for, but at 10 o'clock, every single morning, for two minutes, we would pray. Every day, the alarm would go off in the school, and we'd pray. And uh, it was kind of cool. In my simple and humble appeal this morning, I have a, a simple appeal to you. That we would pray at 10 o'clock. Why 10 o'clock? Because it's Luke 10. For two minutes. Luke 10, 2. You get the connection? Uh, Luke 10, 2. 10 o'clock for two minutes for one thing. Every day. That we would pray for laborers. Not in the morning. That's, that's a different time to pray. Not in the evening. That's a different time to pray. But, but just like a weird time of the day, 10 o'clock. Pray for laborers. And I'm, I'm, I'm so serious about this prayer. I, I, I'm encouraging right here, right now, and, and you pray, Lord, is this what you really want me to do? Bring it up with Jesus. But I know humanity well enough, I know myself well enough, that if we leave this church and we don't apply this principle, you'll forget. And so I have an idea. All of us, I mean all of us, most of us have smartphones. <laughs> and I'm encouraging you, this is my appeal, right now, not later, right now, would you pull out your phone and would you set an alarm that every single day, except for on Saturday, because that would be really distracting, every single day would you pray with me for laborers? Set an alarm if you need to. You may not. But set an alarm to pray for laborers every day at the Luke 10 to prayer. And I want to be on that list of prayers when you think of our LE team going door to door at 10 o'clock tomorrow. How many of you will, will, will pray this prayer with me? You'll keep us in prayer. <clears throat> you may have not caught it, but I tell my kids every day they can't sell books. They can't, they're not good enough. 
They're going door to door. No one wants people to go door to door anymore. I train them the best I can. I'm not good enough to train them. But Jesus wants these books out more than we do, and we can pray for more books to be shared. And I want you to pray for our literature to be shared like the leaves of autumn. Thank you for your prayers. Sabbath. Can you all say amen? It's good. Well, Ian, here is your baptismal certificate. We have already voted you in and welcomed you. We'd like you to come out with mom and dad and brother out to the front door there, and we'll stand there and greet everyone. We'll welcome you into God's church. Oh, and by the way, fathers, I know you haven't forgotten this, but the donuts are ready. Let's pray. Eternal Father in God, what a blessing it is to celebrate this wonderful Sabbath. And uh, as the pastor has showed us this morning, may not only our prayers, but our actions reflect you in everything we do. We thank you for those who are willing still to go door to door, Lord. And we just pray a special blessing on them, not just at 10.02 every day, but right now too. We love you, Lord, and we want to look up and soon and say, Lo, this is our Lord. He will save us. And so we commend our lives into the hands of your dear Son, him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the Father's throne. In Jesus' name, amen.